The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. Good afternoon. This is Chris Marwitz, your host today of Loving That Sports Talk. Unfortunately, James won't be able to be with us, but, you know, we have me. And today we have our guest, Mark Slauson. Mark, you have been just great to talk to the last couple weeks, and again, you took the time to call in today, so let's see what we can do, okay? That sounds great. Glad to be here. Oh, great. So we were talking a little bit on the break before we started, you know, about Thanksgiving. You know, we just had Thanksgiving holiday, you know, and of course, you know, we all get together with family and friends and, and have a great meal, and then, of course, football. <laughs> we focus on oh, football yeah. and, and, uh, on that day as well. So there were some great games. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that happened um, over the weekend. So let's get into talking a little bit about college football. Are you ready? Oh, yeah, definitely. Perfect. I know you, you, you're always so, especially you amaze me with your knowledge about college football because I, I, I pay attention, but not as close as I do to the NFL. So I learned so uh-huh. much from you. So thank you. <laughs> so no again, worries, man. The college football playoff rankings have remained the same. I was kind of amazed uh, because cause both uh, Clemson and Alabama they they beat they 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 won the, the the games. However, Clemson you know was kind of a close one. Um, Alabama was kind of close with Auburn too, but you know they the committee decided to to kind of keep it the same, which I, I was like okay good because you know we're, we're we're kind of hating on Alabama keep going up rising up rising up. So but. Uh, there's now conference championship games that can change all this. Uh, the biggest matchup, I think, this week, uh, this weekend is going to be number four, Iowa, versus number five, Michigan State. You know, the, the likely winner could secure a spot in the top four team playoff. You know, what, what, what do you think is going to happen on that? Yeah, that's going to be a great game. I mean, it's uh, kind of like two mirror images of one another, really. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're both predicated, both offenses are predicated on running the ball. Uh, they have, you know, senior quarterbacks who don't make mistakes. Uh, although I don't know, if, actually, I'm not sure if C.J. Beathard, the quarterback for Iowa, was a senior, but uh, he, he's been around in the program for a few years at least. Um, right. And then, uh, yeah, you just—it's. Uh, I think it's going to be an, an unbelievable matchup, and I do definitely think, no matter uh, who wins that game, they're definitely going to be in the playoffs. And uh, so there's just going to be so much riding on it. And uh, it's actually kind of a shame because all these games are on at the same time in the evening, which is like right, such a bummer. Right, They you love know, doing it's, that. It's you know? crazy. I don't know why they did that. But uh, I know last year it was kind of nice because uh, the Pac-12 championship game was actually on the night before on a Friday. 
so you get to watch that one in its entirety. But yeah, I'm gonna be. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I think uh, either gonna have to go to a sports bar or, or just prop up some, rig up some TVs in my house because there's gonna be three conference games going on at the same time. So Big, huge ones. Yeah, I know. It's uh, sports bars are kind of you know, kind of might be a good option because then you know you don't have to cook, you don't have to clean. <laughs> so exactly. and, 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 and you're there with you're, too, con- so you're, you're there with everyone else who likes doing the same thing as you. So, yeah, I, I enjoy doing that as well. But, oh, um, but yeah, no, that's going to be a great game. I mean, you know, I kind of have a, a reading into it to Iowa. The, their offensive coordinator is, is Greg Davis, and um, he was the former offensive coordinator for for Texas. And yes, yes, you know, he ended up winning a national championship with with the Horns, but. Uh, I mean, that guy just took so much grief um, that during the time that he was uh, at Texas for just lack of imagination and just whatever you uh, – every year it was the same story, you know, uh, not being able to, you know, get the ball moving against Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was uh, was founded. I mean, it, it you know, it was frustrating to watch their offense a lot of times, but um, I just have a lot of respect for him because he, again, he just took so much – Crap from from the fans and and uh, he never really um, bowed to the pressure. He just always kind of you know came to work and did his thing. And uh, and now it's uh, it's kind of paying dividends at uh, at Iowa. And so I'm kind of happy for him. But kind of like both teams, really. I wish both of them could get in, honestly. But uh, yeah, it'll be a good uh, it'll be a good matchup. I mean, Michigan State has just been they've been playing so well. I mean. They lost that uh, kind of fluky game against Nebraska where they had a awful call kind of at the end of the game where the player had clearly gone out of bounds on his own and then came back in, made the catch. The ref threw the flag, but then they ended up picking up the flag and calling it a touchdown. It was just kind of a bogus mm-hmm. call. Um, but ever since then, <clears throat> seems like they've really been playing with a chip on their shoulder and you know they handled Iowa, uh, Ohio State, and then I really thought they might have uh, have some problems against Penn State. Um, just you know, being that kind of a sandwich game between that huge game against Iowa, Ohio State, rather, and uh, and their championship game. But uh, man, they played great and put up 56 points on the board. I mean, they're really rolling at the right time, and uh, it's it'll be a it's going to be a battle. I'm really looking forward to watching that one. Well, interesting you brought up about the coach and, and the flack they get, kind of like the the coach from from uh, from Oregon, you know, um, going to to I believe it's Georgia, isn't it? That he's that he's took a job with. Um, there is the the Georgia coach was fired, Mark. Right. Yep. Yeah. So he got fired, and then um, the Oregon. Assistant coach Scott Frost, their offensive coordinator, he's yes, actually going to be. Frost. Um, he's, a, I think, he, he's the new coach at uh, UCF. Um, oh, UCF. Uh, okay, I was confused. I, I just know that Oregon is all up in arms that he's leaving. They've, you know, they 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 have a lot of of, of ill will about about it. So, and you're no, right. UCF I mean, is the coach. I, I don't. I don't. I don't see why they would. I mean, he's the offensive coordinator. You know, it's kind of the, you know, once you're offensive coordinator at a major school, I mean, the next, you know, your next step is, is generally going to be a head coaching job. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they're going to miss a whole lot um, with him leaving. I mean, Helfrich, their their head coach, is, is such an offensive mind. I mean, I think 
a lot of it, uh, you know, uh, a lot of the offensive coordinator is just kind of in, in name only. I think Helfrich is the one, you know, who's pulling the strings there. So he'll get somebody in there and coach him up. I'm sure they'll probably promote somebody from within their program, you know, the quarterback coach or running back coach, someone who's familiar with their offense. And, I mean, I doubt that they'll miss a beat. I mean, they really they really haven't, you know, since Chick Kelly left. I mean, they've they've really kind of kept that, that train rolling. I mean, they've had, you know, a few a few off games in there. Um, but uh, I, I suspect that they're going to be just fine, and uh, the, you know I, I do think it's kind of a kind of a, a strange uh, landing spot for Scott Frost. I mean he's you know he was the the quarterback at Nebraska, so he's kind of got Midwest ties, and then you know back at uh, Oregon as their um, uh, you know offensive coordinator out in the Pacific Northwest. So I mean it's going to be kind of I think Florida is just kind of a, a whole different ball game as far as recruiting goes and just the lay of the land and um so that's going to be a challenge for him i think to be successful out there um again you know they, they're bringing you know that offensive system if you're not used to playing against it then uh you know it, it can be successful um but i just i don't know i i have a hard time kind of picturing him in that spot recruiting and uh, uh but uh you know uh, a lot of offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators have gone on to be successful. So, you know, uh, it might be uh, something that happens with him as well. Yeah, I guess it depends on, uh, as you say, the program that they have in place and, and, and what changes they're willing to make. So, yeah. Absolutely. So, okay, so let's talk about a little bit more about uh, the, the playoff rankings. And, you know, Clemson, number one, they're going to be facing number 10, North Carolina, which, of course, yep. is a biggie. And and there is a chance I've been hearing that North Carolina could knock them off. You know, it's I I think it's it's definitely possible. I mean, again, you know, we um, I don't know if you've heard of the term Clemsoning, but uh, mm-hmm. basically it's uh, uh, whenever big game situations arise, sometimes Clemson has a tendency to shrink a little bit and uh, and not be able to pull off the big the big wins. Now they've been playing great all year, and uh, they've had some big wins this season. So uh, I think a little bit of that is in the past. But um, you know, uh, if they get down early, uh, I mean, the pressure. I mean, they've they've just been the front runner all year. They've been, you know, the leading the pack and and up in the uh, at the top of the rankings uh, the entire season. And and you know, the pressure has been building up. And I think that they were kind of under the impression that they. You know, they kind of got when they once they got through Notre Dame, it was kind of like, oh, you know, smooth sailing the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. But then North Carolina really caught fire, and uh, they've been playing as good as anybody in the country, really. Um, now their schedule has been a little on the iffy side. Uh, they've played a couple of of SCS schools, um, so they haven't had uh, a, a meaty schedule um, really, but. Uh, but yeah, they've, they've got a great quarterback, um, and uh, you know that Gene Chizik, another another uh, send off from from Texas who won a national championship there, is their defensive coordinator, and um, he's up for the uh, for the Art Browse Award for for uh, the best uh, coach in the country, and uh, he's just done an amazing job. I mean, they were really bad last year, and. Um, and they've just had a, an incredible turnaround, and, and uh, 
you know, a lot of it can be attributed to the defensive side of the ball because they were just, I mean, they were just a sieve last year. They just gave up so many points. And, I mean, their offense, you know, could score, but uh, just they, they couldn't win any games because they couldn't couldn't keep the other team out of the end zone. So props to, to old Gene Chizik. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a great game. I mean, Clemson, you know, they've got Sean Watson, who's uh, just one of the, the best quarterbacks in the country. And he seems cool and poised and, uh, you know, he's a, he's a dual threat guy. And, Mm-hmm. They're a, they're a handful, um, so it'll be it'll be like I said the pressure is going to be uh, mounting I think for Clemson I think you know I don't think anyone really expected North Carolina to have the season that they did and to be in that position and I think they're kind of just playing with uh, they're going to be playing free and loose and uh, so it'll be interesting interesting to watch that one for sure. You're right. Well, one thing I heard that their their head coach had done he's been telling his team players is is let their personalities shine on the field. You know, most of the coaches, you know, they, they don't want that to happen. But, you know, this guy is letting these these guys play loose, and it's working. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, I think Larry Fedora is their coach, and um you might have his first name wrong, but Fedora, I know that. <laughs> That's an yeah. easy one to remember. But anyways, yeah, he's uh, he's just done a great job. And, um, you know, I think Marquise Williams is their, is their quarterback, and, He's a big kind of strong dude who who can who can run and he can really he can really sling it around too. I mean they're 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 really they're a lot to contend with. I mean that's going to be like I said. I don't think Clemson anticipated having much of a, a, a fight from from the other side of the uh, of the ACC. There, you know, they're in the tougher division. Uh, of the ACC, and I, I think they probably looked across saying, oh, we might get Duke or somebody like that. But, uh, yeah, North Carolina kind of came out of nowhere this year, and mm-hmm. they're really uh, they're going to be a they're going to be a lot to contend with. And it's going to be some good games. So I'll tell you what, I'm going to take a break right now. We come back, we're going to finish up talking about some of these teams, and then we're going to talk about the, Weis- the Heisman watch a little bit. So we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports.
You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is your host, Chris Marwitz, and I have our guest, uh, today we have Mark Slauson on with us. How are you doing, Mark? I'm doing great, Chris. Oh, always great to have you with us. Like I said, anytime you I have you on, you you always tell impress me with your information. You know, with with things that you know, especially about college sports. It's just you know, I, I I don't I don't know enough, and and so you always you help me out. You know, especially and, and make me look good. So thank you. <laughs> so let's it's talk a little bit pleasure. more about uh, some of the, the, the ranking, the, the teams that are in the, the college playoffs. So we have yep. number two, Alabama, coming up against yep. number 18, Florida. Yes. What do you think is going to happen with that one? Uh, I'm afraid uh, it's going to be a one-sided affair. Um, mm-hmm. Florida is, is a bad team. I mean, that's they are their offense is painful to watch. You know, I thought you know, they got Coach McElwain out of uh, Colorado State. And, of course, he was the former offensive coordinator of Alabama. And, you know, a great coach. And so, you know, they really had a role in early in the season. Their, um, their offense is moving the ball. You know, they, you know, they, they had a, a, a lot of talent as far as the, the defensive side of the ball goes. So they're always pretty well set on defense. Um their quarterback ended up uh, testing positive for a PED and and got uh, got suspended for the year. And ever since then, uh, their backup quarterback just uh, you just can't move the ball, and it's it's awful to watch. I mean, I watched them. I've actually watched them the last couple of weeks. I saw them play against uh, Vanderbilt, and uh, they squeaked out. I think it was like nine to seven or nine to six. Mm. God, it was a, it was a painful game to watch, but I was. Hoping for the upset, so I sat through it. And then the next week, they played Florida Atlantic, and uh, again, just were terrible. And uh, they won that game in overtime. Um, then this week, they finally played a, a decent team, Florida State, and they just absolutely handed them, uh, handed them on that one. Uh, it was, you know, they scored two points on a safety, and that was it, twenty-seven to two. Um, so yeah, I expect uh, Bama to, to dominate the game. I don't. I I just can't really foresee any type of scenario where Florida comes out on top. I mean, I could see them trying to, to turn it into just a defensive battle and trying to stop the run and and you know make you know the Coker, the quarterback for Alabama, beat them. But uh, I think you will uh, if if that's the case and. They just don't have anything on offense. I just don't see how they're going to put up any points. You know, it's 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 kind of depressing because I think that's going to be a really boring game. Yeah, and, you're right. Uh, I think Alabama came is, is like a 17 and a half point favorite or something like that. Um, oh, wow, I didn't realize that. Alabama's high. not exactly an offensive juggernaut, so that that kind of tells you uh, all you <laughs> need to know in that one. True, true. Yeah. So the last one we're going to talk yeah, about yeah, is number three, Oklahoma. Again. Alabama's kind of just been, I think, um, carrying the uh, carrying the load for the SEC, and you know they're 
they they always have a good team, and that's it's, it's a given. But I mean, this year they have they've beaten one top twenty-five team, and that's that's three loss LSU. That's the only top twenty-five team that they've they've been able yeah. to beat, and the only other team that they played was Ole Miss, and they lost that game. So again, I I know I harp on this a lot. It's it is a big frustration to me because. Um, you know, these SEC teams, they they play these just terrible out-of-conference schedules, and, um, you know, they get an automatic two or three wins, and then, you know, everybody's everybody's got a good winning record, and, uh, you know, just all the SEC hype uh, combined with that. So it's just, um, again, Alabama's been in the two spot in the, in the playoff deal all season long, and... Um, they really haven't beat anybody, you know, so it's it's just it's a little bit frustrating. I understand there's other things, you know, there's the eye test and all that and I mean they do have a they're talented. I mean they they bring in the number one recruiting class every single season, but uh I just don't know that they're as great as everybody thinks they are. Right, right. So well yeah, I watched a little bit of the Alabama Auburn game this past weekend and I was I was uh, um, I was kind of rooting for Auburn <laughs> to be truthful. Oh, yeah. I was kind of rooting for Auburn, so and it didn't happen. Yeah, no but shame. it was it was a close enough game. No shame in that. Yeah, and it you know, and he talked a little bit about uh, Alabama and Clemson kind of having problems this week, and I totally agree with that. I mean, I think when you get so close to the finish line and you just have a few more games to go, I mean, it's, it's, I think the teams are going to play a little bit tighter. And then you have, of course, you know, the in-state rivalries going with, you know, Clemson, South Carolina. I mean, the season was basically on, I mean, the season was just awful for South Carolina, but that was kind of one way that they could salvage the season a little bit is to win that game. So you kind of knew that they were going to, they were going to play their best and, and, you know, bring everything that they had to, to win that game. And, and they, you know, give them credit. They played, they played pretty well and played them close and, and the same could be said for for Auburn. I mean, this has been a uh, a train wreck of a season for Auburn. They, you know, were in the I think they were in the top five, you know, the uh, preseason rankings, and everybody thought that uh, you know, of course, Gus Malzahn is just a, is an amazing offensive coach, and they've just been able to move the ball without any problem. And then, so then they bring in Will Muschamp, the defensive coordinator, and. Uh, everybody thought that that would kind of be the, the the piece of the puzzle that kind of brought everything together and uh, allowed them to compete on both sides of the ball. But uh, they've been uh, an unmitigated disaster on defense this year, and and really haven't been all that great. And actually, they've been pretty bad on offense as well. Their <laughs> quarterback, you know, throws so many picks, and uh, just it's been a it's been a really really disappointing season for Auburn. But yeah, they they did play them pretty tough. They played Alabama pretty tough, and. It's always a, I love watching that game. It's um, just uh, the passion, and, and uh, uh, you know, there's always something riding on it. So it's, it's, it's a fun one to watch. So I enjoyed watching that one. Yeah, yep, that's true. So the last thing we're going to talk about is number three Oklahoma. Now, basically, they're going to be idle this weekend because the Big Twelve. You know, you know this since you know you're deep in the heart of Texas. They don't yep. have a conference, a championship game. I mean, with twelve teams in there and they don't have a championship game. Isn't that a little, you know? Isn't it time well, that they get one built? Here's the thing. Well, you know, it's it's squirrely because there's actually only ten teams in the Big Twelve. 
which doesn't make sense. Um, You're correct. So You're sorry. Yes. So, so uh, with with having that, I mean, look, the, the thing about the Big Twelve is they do all play each other uh, mm-hmm. during the season, so you you don't get to skip anybody. I mean, you know, you look at the SEC, Pac-12. You know, they've got these split. Uh, conference game, so, you know, sometimes you'll, I mean, look at Iowa this year. Iowa in the Big Big Ten, they avoided having to play um, Michigan State, um, Ohio State, Michigan. They didn't have to play any of those teams. So the Big 12, at least, you know, uh, to their credit, they, they all play each other and, and kind of see what happens. And um, But, yeah, it's it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, Chris. I mean, I think to you know, this weekend, you know, the Big 12 just has to basically sit it out. Now, it's going to work for Oklahoma because I think they're in no matter what. I mean, I don't right. see any scenario which, uh, where, where somebody's going to surpass them. But last year, obviously last year, it was a, it was a total disaster because they had two one-loss teams in, in Baylor and TCU, you know, who had really just had great seasons. And uh, they, they both ended up on the outside looking in. And I think both teams, or at least I think TCU was maybe ranked three going into the final weekend, and then they got surpassed by Ohio State, and um, you know they just got booted out of the out of the, out of the game, man. Which uh, you know the, the, the Big Twelve. I mean, there's there's talk of of either you know the Big Twelve kind of disbanding, and uh, you know so the you know Oklahoma and Texas and probably Oklahoma State and, uh, you know, a few of the marquee teams, um, you know, might find another home, whether it be the SEC or Pac-12. Um, or there's talk of, of expansion and adding a couple of teams. And it'll be interesting to see what happens because, again, yeah, they're like this weekend the Big 12 is just kind of out of everybody's mind. And uh, right. all these other – the big conferences are playing their conference championship games. And so it's kind of uh, anticlimactic. Uh, for sure, but uh, again, it's it's working uh, this year. It's definitely going to work in OU's favor because they've they don't have a chance of losing, and they're already in the top three, and uh, there's there's really no threat to to take them out of the out of their position. So yeah, that's true. That's true. Yep. So we're gonna we're gonna switch up a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about the Heisman watch. You know, um, I know early in the season. Uh, Fournier, the running back from LSU, he was like the the early leader. You know, he was just running down everybody, getting tons of yards, you know, touchdowns, and he's had a couple of tough games. So his his position's kind of dropped out of the top five. So right yep. now, the number one is the running back from Alabama, Derrick Henry, and he's a junior. Yep. Um, he's been remarkable to watch. What what do you what do you think about him? Think I, you, I totally you think agree. He, he would I mean, do great in the in the NFL? Absolutely, I do. I mean, he's a he is a workhorse, just a stud, man. I mean, he last week I think he had 46 carries um, against uh, Alabama and or against Auburn rather, and almost had uh, almost had 300 yards rushing. I mean, I, I don't see how you how you take it away from him. I mean, he's just again they're they're kind of limited. I mean, Alabama's offense is is 100 percent predicated on the run. Everybody kind of knows what's coming. It's a power run offense. And, uh, you know, here you go, buddy. Take the ball and see what you can do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's he's carried he's him on, on his shoulders all year. And 
Um, you know, they've played some, some rough and tumble games. I mean, last week was one of them against Auburn and, you know, they, they, they beat LSU and that's always a kind of a bloodbath. And I think that was definitely the turning point, of course, in his, uh, Heisman candidacy because he, um, I mean, I think he ended up doubling the amount of yards that uh, Fournette got in that game and, um, you know, and Alabama won that game resoundingly. So, yeah, I think uh, he's definitely the one to beat. I mean, the only other options I think that are out there, you know, Sean Watson at uh, at Clemson. Clemson. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's been on the number one team. He's done a great job right. all year. And, and he's only a sophomore. Been... Yeah. Is he really? Yeah, he's only a sophomore. Oh, God. Good Lord. Yeah, um, yeah I know. Wow, that's that's great. He looks like a he looks like a grown man, really. And he looks like he's yeah, that's insane. Um, so I think he's got a shot, and then um, oh, and then uh, uh, McCaffrey, uh, McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey too. Um, but I, yeah, and he's a sophomore as well. Yeah, so, yeah, and, and it, 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 I know we we touched on it before, but uh, you know, McCaffrey just he, he doesn't he doesn't get the the, the amount of publicity and um, he doesn't get the hype that uh, uh, that these SEC guys do, and it's just right. kind of a shame because he's had an yeah. incredible season. Right, but the only hype he gets pretty much is because of his father. You know, that's 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 where people talk about him at. So, but yeah. Right. Anyway, so tell you what, we're going to take another break. When we come back, we're going to switch switch the gear. We're going to start talking about some stuff in the NFL. So we'll be right back. Perfect. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 
That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is your host, Chris Marwitz. Uh, I'm here in place of James for today, and we have our guest, Mark Slauson. You there with us, Mark? I'm here. Oh, so we just got through having some really good conversations regarding some college football, kind of what's going on with there, the Heisman, you know, the college playoffs. So now we're going to kind of move into the NFL a little bit because, you know, that, 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 that's more my love. I love the NFL. Well, I love, I watched as many games as I can, and I know so much about it. So You so, deserve it. Okay. So we're here in Denver, in the Denver area, so, of course, we watched the Broncos. And this past weekend they played the New England Patriots. And the yep. Patriots lost a heartbreaker to the Broncos, basically in overtime. Yep. Um, and, and I'm sure you watched the game. Tom Brady was very upset. He had he was in the ref's ear. He was yelling. He was screaming. <clears throat> basically about all the penalties that were called against them, you know, near the end of the game. Um, and he went so far as to not shake Brock, Brock Osweiler's hand at the end of the game. You know, as the leader of the team, should he be held to a higher standard of conduct? Um. Yeah, he should. I mean. I, I didn't see the, the post-game handshakes. Uh, I don't really know how that all went down. Um, I mean, I have, you know, watched Brady over the past however many, 15 years or whatever. And he's a fiery guy, and, and uh, he, he's he's a bit of a powder. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, he's he's got the game to, to deserve it. And, and uh, you know, I do think sometimes he does influence the refs a little bit because he's just always kind of jawing and, Pointing things out, and uh, you know, he's such a leader out there, and, and uh, you know, I, I do think that uh, sometimes he gets in the heads of the referees. But um, yeah, I mean, that, that's you know, that's pretty petty if he if he didn't shake Brock's hand. I mean, that was uh, you know, especially for a young guy like that, you know, second Absolutely. game as a starter, you you would expect him to to you know give him. Uh, Give him his due and and give him props and and uh, that's disappointing that he would he would not uh, do that to him. So let me ask you this: you know, since he was in the, I mean, he he was clearly clearly visibly upset, and you know, uh, as far as Tom Brady, and and yep. and yelling at the refs and so forth. I mean, do you think he should have been called? I mean, you know that you wonder. I mean, what what is what's being said and. I'm thinking, yeah. you know, isn't that an unsportsmanlike conduct <laughs> to to a degree? <laughs> of course, yeah, and you know, he's Brady gets he gets a lot of leeway. He really does. Mm-hmm. He has so much respect uh, as a as a great quarterback, and and really, you know, one of the probably top three marquee players in the league, if not number one. Uh, so those guys, you know, the the veterans, they. They do get a, a longer leash for sure. You know, I mean, it's. Uh, it, I think that's just part of the the, the system of, of the NFL and, and of a lot of these pro leagues. Really, it's just you know the the rookies, the younger guys. If they start barking at refs, they're going to throw the flag. You know, um, right. because they haven't earned their their due. And uh, um, the, these older, more veteran guys that uh, have respect, uh, such as Tom Brady, they're just going to get away with, with murder a little bit. And uh, so it's not surprising to me that he didn't get flagged. But, you know, you wonder. I mean, like, uh, I always think that the refs would have the, the guts to to throw the flag and, and uh, you know, just kind of put the guy in his place. Right, right. Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing. And, and 
you know, it, it just amazed me. I mean, anybody, it's kind of like in, 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 you know, the NBA, it's the same thing. You have these marquee players. They, they can do the same play, the same foul that someone else will, but the, the, the refs will, will turn, turn the other cheek and not call them on it because they are who they are. So, Absolutely. I think, and I, think it's, it's I think it's thing. definitely worse in the NBA. I mean, just mm-hmm. officiating in general. And uh, the, I mean, gosh, watching Michael Jordan at the end of his career, it really uh, after, you know, after he's about five years in and clearly the best player, I mean that guy got so many calls. It was it was painful to watch at times, just because you're right. you knew the you know he could he could get in the the guys you know if he's on defense get in their face and you know slap their hand and then he wasn't going to get called. It was really frustrating uh, to mm-hmm. watch. And uh, but anyways, so let's move on. Um, we talked a little bit about this last week. You know we we saw on Sunday or Monday night Josh McGowan, the Cleveland Browns quarterback. He broke his collarbone, you know, and it's out for the season. So now, you know, our Johnny Manziel, who was third-string quarterback, he moves up a notch. You know, so they so they have to decide whether they they play Austin Davis or Johnny Manziel to start. You know, I I, I know it came out that they that they're going to give it to Austin Davis, but yeah. in in your mind, you know, who 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 should get it? You know. It's uh, that's a hard call. I mean, uh, really, are you are you getting anything out of playing Austin Davis as your quarterback? Honestly, I mean, right. uh, it, to me, you, you know, you kind of got to figure out what you have with with Johnny Manziel. I mean, I, I think his, uh, you know, his whatever ten game sample um, is is just kind of too early to tell what uh, what kind of player he's going to be if he's worth kind of the headache that he that he brings along just being the um the the person that he is and you know I think their coach is kind of an old school guy you know Mike Pettin he's just uh kind of got to stick to his guns and stick to what he believes in and and you know I think you know there were some uh rumblings that the reason that they suspended Manzel uh, after that uh, video surfaced of him was because he he denied that that had taken place when it did, and he had told his uh, you know the guys that he was with to, to lie to the team uh, regarding the the video. Um, so yeah, he's just a knucklehead, and I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I honestly don't think he's he's going to amount to to anything in the NFL. I mean, he's he's played pretty decently really this year, mm-hmm. um, but but you know certainly. The, the the headache that he brings along and the uh the just the lack of maturity and and um you know I don't I don't know but again I mean what what are you really getting out of uh playing Austin Davis as quarterback are you I mean are you just looking for your for your backup for next year or, or you know what I don't know I don't know what good comes out of that but I think that uh, Petten kind of put himself in in that position uh by being so strong uh, with his punishment uh, of Manziel after this, you know, latest incident with him. So, um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about that, Chris? I mean, do you, do you I, think I, should... I, th- I think you're right. You know, where, where Petten, you know, he, he put himself into a corner, you know. So right. now if he turns around and just gives it back to Johnny Manziel, how's that, you know, he, he's trying to teach him a lesson. How's that teach him a lesson? Then, oh, we've got an injury. We're giving it back to you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, what message does that send to the rest of the team, you know? And I mean, they're just, 
that's just kind of a train wreck of an organization. And, and uh, I still can't believe they, they drafted Manziel as high as they did. And, and you know, uh, they say when you draft a, a quarterback that early and it doesn't pan out, you know, it really sets your, your organization back for, for years. And, you know, I think they're, they're, uh, they're in, the, in the throes of that right now. And uh, I don't see, I mean, there's not really um, too much hope uh, moving forward. I mean, as, as far as the, their future and, um, you know, they, they, they obviously don't have the answer at quarterback and that's the, the biggest, you know, if you don't have a quarterback, you're, you're in a lot of trouble in the NFL. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a mess out there. Well, well, one thing Davis has going for him is, you know, he, he went to the same school that Brett Favre did, Southern Mississippi. And, oh, nice. and basically uh, Davis ended up breaking a lot of Favre's records there. So, he had he has the college talent. <laughs> and, yeah. and I, I've I've said this many times that just because they're a good college player does not mean that they're going to be a great NFL player. You know, because systems are different and change. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's I know it's it's a very inact science. But obviously, I mean, inexact. I should say. Um, I mean, if you look at uh, again, I mean, Exhibit A picking Manziel in the first round. You know, uh, Tebow going in the first round. Um, oh, yeah. you, you got you just kind of shake your head, you know. But oh yeah, uh, the the you know the coaches of the organization, you know they're they're convinced at the time that they make these picks that these guys are are going to change. Uh, uh, you know they're they're going to be able to 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 play at a high level and and uh, uh, lead their teams. But um, yeah, oftentimes it, it does not work out that way. Right. Well, but then you have other quarterbacks, you know, like like Marcus Marietta, the the quarterback from Oklahoma or Oregon, and then yeah. um, the guy from Florida, he's with, he's with, Winston, Jameis. Yeah, Winston. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah. They're they're having great seasons. They're actually doing good. Absolutely. I mean, they really are. And and I got to credit uh, Jameis for for just kind of keeping his head down this year. You know, yeah. I mean, he, yeah. he, he, it was. Uh, I mean, he was kind of an annoying college player to follow. It was just like, oh, God, you know, you hear these stories, and, um, you know, he was just kind of in and out of trouble all the time. Nothing, you know, I mean, there's, you know, he did have, I don't know, there's there were some allegations that, that were very serious, but, um, you know, he did just did a lot of immature kind of childish stuff off the field, and I really didn't. Didn't think that he he had a the head on his shoulders to to, to play well uh, in the NFL. I really didn't. And um, man, he's he's had a great year. He really has. And it seems like he's honestly just kind of galvanized that whole organization. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, they really. Um, I mean, he's their clear leader, and you know, he's played really well. And um, I'm I'm pretty shocked, honestly, because they. I mean, they have they did you have some talent? I mean the. You know they got some good receivers, and um, but you know they were awful last year. I mean, just abysmal. And uh, for them to turn around, and I think they're just one game under 500. Um, yeah. They lost a tough one last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know, and Marietta, the same thing too. I mean, he's he's really played well when he's been in there, and um, uh, you know, he's a totally different kind of guy, just really quiet. And uh, but yeah, they. Uh, I think they they both played very well uh, for for rookies for sure. Correct, correct. All right, so we're going to take a break, 
when we come back, I have a few more things to talk about with the NFL. So we'll be right back with you. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is your host, Chris Marwitz, and we have our guest, Mark Slauson. Mark, you ready to hit this last one out of the park for us? Of course. Oh, great. Ready to go. Again, um, I, I want to thank you for, you know, always always being on here and helping out and providing some great information and, and being able to, to, to talk with me. You know, it's, it's, it's enjoyable. So thank you. Yeah, I enjoy it. I love being on here. So it's, uh, it's all good, man. I totally enjoy it. Perfect. Perfect. So let's move on to the Carolina Panthers. They're now the only undefeated team in the league. Uh, I think they, they, they still have to play the Saints and I think the Falcons twice, uh, the Giants and the Buccaneers. Um, what do you think their chances of, of winning all their games and having a perfect season? Yeah, that's not exactly murderer's row there that you just listed off. So, I mean, right. I, it, it, it's hard, though, to, to get through an NFL season unscathed. Uh, I, I mean, it's kind of crazy to think that they were the underdog against uh, against the Cowboys. I mean, wow! Um, if I was a betting man, that would have been uh, I would have been on it. I think, but I think they, you know, I guess the uh, the betting public was kind of on board with Romo coming back and and you know thinking that the Cowboys were um, last year's Cowboys. But um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be very tough to to get uh, to get through unscathed, um, and, you know, they might get to that point of the season where, you know, they're going to end up clinching the home field, and, and they're really the only thing they're playing for is uh, is the undefeated record, and it's just like, uh, do I have to arrest some guys? Do I, um, you know, give Cam a, a day off? Whatever the case may be. 
um, I, I, to me, it, it, it seems um, like I would definitely err on the side of caution if I were the coach and, and make sure you're, you're well-rested and healthy, you know, going into the playoffs because, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a gauntlet once you get into the playoffs and, uh, you know, they have worked their way to this advantage where they're, you know, head and shoulders above everybody in the NFC as far as the record goes. So, you know, you got to earn some of the spoils from that. And I, I think that would, would involve resting players and, and, uh, you know, making sure that you're hundred percent and healthy and ready to go and well rested, uh, when the playoffs arrive. So, I don't know. I, I, and again, it's probably one of those things where the you know the coach is um, I mean, obviously you're playing to win every game, but uh, once they once they do get a loss, it kind of just takes the pressure off the team, and they can mm-hmm. just focus on on you know playing the games rather than trying to chase uh, the undefeated record. So, yeah. but yeah, yeah, give them credit. I mean, what a great year they've had, and um, and they look great on Thanksgiving Day. Just totally dominated that game and. Um, you know, their defense is just solid and, uh, uh, they just confused the heck out of Romo and, and, uh, you know, they just made the Cowboys look really bad in that game. And, and, um, so I got to give them credit for, for coming out of the gates the way they have and just really have shown no signs of, of, of fading. So it's, it's, it's possible, but, uh, you know, I would, I would bet on them losing, losing one or or two before. Before the regular season's up. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right on that. So, okay. Well, let's move on. Um, Brock Osweiler, you know, Denver Broncos backup quarterback to Peyton Manning. You know, he's now won two games in a row. Um, if he keeps winning, should he remain the Broncos quarterback or should they hand the reins back over to Peyton when he's healed? What do you think about that? Oh, man, that's such a tough one. Uh, it yeah. really is. I mean, he's looked the part out there. He he, he does not look like uh, – I mean, he's been in the system for like three or four years now. So he's not just a, you know, a green rookie. Um, but, man, he, he, he really does look the part. He's um, just a big guy. And he's, uh, um, you know, he's pretty agile out there. Um and I mean that last game, you know, against New England, um, he just made all the clutch throws at the end of the game, um, which is, you know, he's got to be so confident uh, moving forward. So that's tough. I, you know, I think it's great for Denver, really. I mean, they, uh, I, for me personally, it's always kind of like, you know, the the year, you know, not not necessarily last year, but the year before, it, it, everything was kind of on Peyton's shoulders you know it was just like there was so much responsibility that he had and and he really was just the engine that uh that drove that team uh they didn't have a great defense you know so they just really had to score a lot of points and um it's really kind of changed i mean now they're um i mean if you look at the uh, the stat line from that game i mean they ran the ball very well against new england which is not easy to do no no uh, you're they, right yeah and um osweiler just it, you know, like again, I mean, Manning's last game, you know, he threw what four interceptions, and Osweiler's just kind of letting the letting the game come to him, and um, just you know, I mean, I'd say game manager, but I mean, he hasn't thrown a pick in two games, and mm-hmm. um, he's just really um, played very well, and and like a savvy veteran, even though he's a, you know, this is the second start ever 
So I don't know. What did, what did you think about it? I mean, do you do you think he should it's, stick it stick in, or do you think they should go back to Manning when he's healthy? You know, if 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 it works, don't don't fix, don't break it. You know, so so let it go. I and yeah. and the the more longer he plays, I mean, yeah, you saw some some miscues between him and 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 Thomas and. Um, or, or Demary, yeah, Demarius Thomas yeah. with throws, mm-hmm. but the more that they they play together, and I, I think it'll just be on point. So I, yeah. I think as long as they win, I, I think I think it should be in Brock's hands. I know it's so tough. I mean, it's just it's like Peyton has really been such a great ambassador for for the Broncos. He's really brought back uh, just. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so much interest in the team, and he's played so well, you know, up until, uh, you know, kind of the tail end of last season and this season. It's just, um, you know, it seems like, um, I mean, I certainly feel way more confident whenever I see, you know, Brock under center yeah. uh, than I do with Manning in there. I mean, he's just, I mean, he's throwing, you know, uh, he's on point with his, his passes. He's accurate. He's got zip on the ball. And, um, you know, Manning is, I don't know if he's just trying to do too much or I know he's, you know, he's been banked up. So, um, you got to take that into account, but I mean, he's just, it looks like he's just throwing ducks out there. And, um, I hold my breath every time he, he drops back to pass, honestly. Um, yeah, and yeah I, I'm with you. you know, I, I, I understand that. Yeah. It's been kind of totally. frustrating this year, but. But then, you know, again, if, if Payton's fully healthy and, and really, you know, he was, you know, playing so poorly because of his injury. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he might have he might have a magic run in him, and and uh, you know, I'd love to see if it were the case. But uh, I don't know, man. That's going to be a tough. That's going to be a very tough decision to to make for yeah. for QBX. So we'll see. That's true. We'll see. Yep. So the Houston Texans they started the season at two and seven. However, they yep. now won the last four games in a row. Um, basically, in two weeks they play the Patriots, and that that should be another good game. JJ uh, oh. Watts is back in his groove, and he's frustrating teams' offense. Uh, Rex yeah. Ryan, the Buffalo Bills head coach, is quoted as saying, "JJ Watts is probably the top player in the league." Do you think that's deserving? Um, I think he's the best defensive player in the league. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I I'm kind of partial to to Luke Keekley at, at uh, Carolina just because he's uh, I love the way he just runs around and makes plays. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's hard to argue uh, that 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 he's not the best player. I mean, he's definitely uh, uh, a cut above. It's, uh, you know, just he, he, you know, he demands a double team, and if, if you if you put one guy on him, he, he's gonna he's gonna beat that egg every single time. Uh, he's really pretty amazing, and uh, yeah, they. I mean, what a turnaround for for the Texans. I mean, they were. Certainly left for dead. I mean, they're they're in an mm-hmm. awful division, um, but still, I mean that that uh, you know that win against uh, Indianapolis uh, that was that was huge. You know that yeah. uh, um, really I, I mean kind of propelled them, made them believe that they could you know really compete for the for the conference uh, uh, title. And, and uh, yeah, I mean they're right in position. I think they're tied even up with. Uh, Indy. With Indy, yeah, and they and they still play Indy one more time, so that I, I think that'll that'll tell the the who the winner is of their division. So no, exactly. Well, yeah, and, and Indy's in a, sort of a similar kind of an opposite type position as, as Denver is. I mean, they you know they're young, um, 
quarterback uh, Andrew Luck, um, you know, just has has played pretty awfully this year. You know, mm-hmm. they bring in Hasselback, who's you know forty forty years old, 40. I believe. <laughs> yeah, and he he's played so well and just managed the game and and uh, hasn't forced throws and and yeah, it's 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 crazy. Um, I mean, I I think let's see, is he four and zero? Is that what you said? I, I, yeah, we have the well. The the Houston has been has been uh, the last four games they've won. Oh, they won four and zero. Okay, but uh, I think Castleback as a starter for India is like four and zero or three and zero or something like that. And yeah, I didn't. I, I wasn't paying attention on that, but yeah, yeah, that surprise me. Luck was two and five, but yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's pretty crazy. That's a that's a really squirrely division, and uh, that'll be interesting to see who comes out of that. But yeah, I think Tex, the Texans have as good a shot as anybody there. Yep, to, exactly. To, yeah, to win that. Well, Mark, we're going to have to end this show, but, you know, it's been another great week. You know, love having you on. And, uh, hey, let's try it again next week. That sounds great. Hey, I really Perfect. enjoyed it. And uh, enjoy the uh, the conference championship games and a good uh, weekend of football. We'll be right into it. All right, it's been a great, great week, everybody. I uh, hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving, and we'll see you all next week. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.